Please turn your Bibles to First uh, Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. We are looking at how to share the good news, God's way. Amen. I like to add that last little bit in. <laughs> right? There has been so much said about sharing the good news, all different kinds of ways, out of guilt and all sorts of other things, coercion. But we want to do it God's way. Amen. And uh, can I have my monitor up a little bit more? Thank you. Um, so we want to do this. Go- Thank you. Yeah. We want to do this God's way. And uh, remember again that all this began with uh, me sharing with you uh, the different kinds of uh, meetings that were held in the Old Testament. And, you know, when the church first began in the early church, what I called, um, that they did have temple meetings. Remember, 3,000 and then 5,000 were, were saved. And, you know, they didn't have the support structure to have little house groups and have leaders go to all of their homes. There weren't enough of them. This had just happened. So you know that they had to come together and, you know, they, they needed something pretty big. It was a first mega church, okay? All right? They had 8,000 people in it. I don't know. I call that a mega church. All right? They had 8,000 people in the temple that they were ministering to. But they also went from house to house because there is something very special about those small meetings and gatherings that, that allow you to minister to people one-on-one and allow you to grow them up to become the spiritual moms and dads they need to be, spiritual adults in the Lord, okay? And that's the whole point of everything that we're doing. It's not just learning about the Word and growing in the Word. We need to become responsible adults in the Word. Amen? And responsible adults in the kingdom of God. Because only adults can have babies. They should, (laughs) okay? Don't even go there, all right? But, you know, and that's the way God has planned this. And until we get to that place where the the kingdom of God isn't going to multiply. And, you know, God is looking to multiply, not just to add, but to multiply. Hallelujah. All right, so we we talked about the fact that we... That not only are there, sorry, I'm just going through a list in my head, that not only are there big temple gathering meetings, but they're also house churches. Well, we've got one here, okay? And that was in the Word of God as well. And also those, what I call home fellowships that existed, the house to house. So having seen all of that, the, the next step that we needed to take was, all right, Moving forward, what do we need to know? It took me quite a while to try and figure out what to do next, but I decided that this was important. Well, I believe it was God's will that this was important, that we learn how to share our faith. I think a lot of times we learn so much, we don't know how to share it. We don't know what to say to people. And, uh, you know, that's not good because, the, you know, Jesus, the Great Commission, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. And that requires us to learn and know how to share our faith, share the good news. And it is good news. Amen. You know, it's not bad news. It's not like we're giving people, you know, well, you know, I'm so sorry to tell you. It's not that. This is good stuff. And it's really sad that we don't know how to share the good stuff. 
we're almost embarrassed to share it. And I'll put my hand up because nobody taught me. And if you haven't done it, because probably nobody taught you either. So that's what we're doing here. And I want to do it in such a way, and I want to bring it to you from the Word of God. And do it in such a way that anybody can do this. Not just the hardened evangelist, <laughs> you know what I mean, who can get a rock saved, you know. <laughs> then there's the rest of us, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't want anybody to know I was a Christian for the longest time. Pastor, well, you know, I'm just telling you. Because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to share what was inside of me. I would pray, I would believe, I would receive, I would, you know, just walk the walk, but I didn't know how to share it. Is there anybody else in the room that has that? Okay, thank you for that. Okay, <laughs> so last week we, we talked about lengtheners and strengtheners. Remember that? Okay, who are the lengtheners? They're the evangelists. Those are the people that once, once you learn this, you might find yourself just wanting to do this only, almost. Okay, because this is something that really just kind of cranks your engine and, you know, just makes all the lights come on on the inside. And there will be those people that do that. Now, for the others, you know, and for those that do this, don't look down on those that don't do it. Because they're the other kind, the other kind that I talked about were what? Strengtheners. Those are the ones that love to bring, you know, once people come into the kingdom, they love to, you know, just take them the next step and get them to grow up in the Lord. So we're looking at the first thing that we need to do. And the first thing that really should be on our heart is to share the good news. So we're looking at that from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, <clears throat> let's see. We looked at the reasons that we're doing this. Remember again, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The motive behind everything that we do has to be love. It can't be anything else. I want to say that again. The motive has to be love. Are you all getting this? Because if we do it for any other reason, you might say, well, I'm doing this to grow the church. I know, uh, you know, we had people that did stuff like that. And they had their own agenda. And it sounds like a good thing, but it's not a God thing. You all get that? It's a good thing to try to grow the church, but it's not a God thing just to do it to grow the church. You do this because you love people, because you want to minister to people, because you want to, you know, get them to a place where they are being blessed and are a blessing. Amen. You know, just to be short. Without right? um, love and compassion, whether you're ministering to Christians or what I call pre-Christians, you know, let's not call them anything else, shall we? All right, they're pre, <laughs> you know, okay? They're pre-Christians. That's what, I, what I've decided to call them. Okay, whether they're Christians or pre-Christians. All right, you need to have love and compassion toward them. Amen. Amen. And in fact, I, I like Ma uh, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. It really touched the Lord 
when he saw people just lost. And these weren't just his people. Remember the woman at the well? Okay, I mean, he ministered to anyone. Remember the woman taking adultery? Amen. I mean, he just loved and ministered to every single person. And so we need to do the same thing. I've said here that Jesus loved everyone, no matter how lost they were. And why he said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Remember again, we looked at 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. And we need to accept this, okay? That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Amen. We also looked at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return. As some people think, I'm reviewing, that's why I'm going so fast, okay? <laughs> he says, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish, so he is giving more time for everyone to repent. That's to be saved. Can I get an amen on that? All right. But not only does the, want, the Lord want us to love and care for people, but the Apostle John also said, remember in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, this is really important. It isn't enough that we just love people. We must also work with the Lord, exercise our faith, and seek to deliver them from the bondage of the devil. See, that, that's one of the things that I feel like the body of Christ really lacks in general, generally is that, you know, they, they introduce them to the Lord, but they don't go the next step. They don't help deliver them. They don't help them get out of trouble. You know, we, we kind of get them saved and go, well, you're in now. You sort yourself out. <laughs> okay? And we can't do that. And again, we'll talk about all of this as we move forward. <clears throat> only then will, will we be able to carry out the great commission as brought out in Matthew 28, verses nine and, 19 and 20, where Jesus said again, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. They are never going to know this unless we teach. Amen? Unless we teach people, unless we share, they are never going to know to do what is right. And he says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not sending you out there by yourself. I'll be there. I'll be with you every step of the way. Look for the Lord. Look for his wisdom. Look for his guidance. Before you open your mouth, pray. <laughs> you know, sometimes we just want to go say something. Please don't. Pausing for effect. It, you know, it is better to take a little bit more time and get something right than to rush into something and have to fix a mistake. Now, God will help you, but why put yourself in that position? Amen? Like I said to you, this isn't coming out of guilt. We, we mustn't minister to people out of guilt, pressure, or anything else. It has to come from within. In fact, we'll, we'll talk about those things in just a minute. All right. Now we're up to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. <laughs> Caught up. <laughs> Sorry for that 10 minutes, but we really needed to do all of this, and I needed to get uh, all of this to you so that we can move forward now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19, 
the Apostle Paul is now going to give us his way of evangelizing. Let, let me just read all the verses to begin with. He says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Verse 20, And to the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21, To those who are without law, as without law. Not being without law toward God, but under the law toward Christ. That, I'll explain all this to you, okay? That I might win those who are without law. Verse 22, To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, and that's women too, okay? That I might by all means save some. Not everybody is going to come through on this, okay? All right. Verse 23, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. All right. Let's go back to verse 19. We looked at this last week, but let me recap before we move forward. In verse 19, notice again, he said, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. We discussed this before. This was the first step to evangelism, God's way, and that is we must be willing to serve people in order to save people. Amen? This is so very important. Now, you know, when I talk about serving people, you know, don't think like a servant, okay? <laughs> okay? All right? We are talking about how we can help people. Where can we step in when they have a problem? Can I use the word service? How can we be of service to them? Does that work for you? Okay, all right? And if we know how, you know, just lending a helping hand... That's a doorway. That's something that you can do that will allow the communication to begin and a relationship to begin. Everything that we do needs to be based on relationship. This is really important you get this. This isn't about you winning an argument. Let, let me just stop for a second, okay? We, we need to breathe this one in, okay? Because every time we talk about evangelism, all you think about is fights. Yeah, who's going to win the fight? You know, you got your opinion, I got mine, let's see who wins. You know, it's, no, no, no. That's not how this works. If that's what you've thought about it, then throw it all out. I told you, we're going to do something that will work. This is the way God... You know, have you ever noticed that when you do things God's way, there's, there's just a... Uh, just a piece to it, a flow to it. It's natural. It doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel off. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, it just, it just works. And you just go, oh yeah. It's just like breathing, you know? It just happens. And we've not learned how to do that. Because people have been doing it for the wrong reason. <clears throat> so we said here again, that this is the hardest step of all and requires you to be led by the Spirit. We looked at Romans 8.14. To know who to serve and how to lead them to Christ. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said, I assure you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. He 
that is Jesus, does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In other words, Jesus always looked to the Father before he did anything. This is so important. And we need to do the same if we are to succeed. We need to look to God. We need to ask the Lord, where do you want us to go? Who do you want us to talk to? Amen? And just be open to him anywhere, anytime. And be careful that you don't decide you want to do something because you really, really, really like that person. And you don't want to do something to somebody else because you really, really, really don't like that person. (laughs) Okay? We need to be careful how we step out and what we do. I'm being really good to you here, okay? All right? Because sometimes you can have the best friendship and then you bring this up and it just crashes and burns. And then you think, I should have never said anything. I'm never. And then the Lord says, you know that person, but I don't like them. Well, share the gospel. No, no, no. I did that with my best friend and now we're not best friends anymore. I'm not going to mess something else up. See what happens? Huh? You check with the Lord. He would have said, no, don't even go there. That one isn't ready. He's a green, you know, he's just green and hanging on. You kind of had to pull the whole tree down to get him. Too much destruction. Leave it alone. This one over here, yeah, but you have no idea what the Lord has been up to. Amen? He's working all the time. You may not see it, but he's working. And, you know, he wants to bless you with some fruit. You just have to say yes and go say whatever he says. Anyway, okay. All right. In the literal text of verse 19, it actually said there, for being free, I enslave myself to all. So to properly understand what was being said here, we need to understand, I didn't bring this to you before. Can I just share this with you now? Okay, I'm doing it anyway. Like I have to ask, but I'm being nice, all right? Okay, (laughs) We, we need to understand two things here. First of all, the Apostle Paul, what he actually meant when he said, I am free from all men. We discussed this, you know, uh, to some degree last week, but I want to give you more. I got more, okay? And also, second, what he means when he says, I enslave myself to all. When the Apostle Paul said that he was free of all men, remember again that he didn't mean that he was free from all things, all right? That he could just live however he wanted to. Some people do that today. They say, well, brother, I'm under grace, And that's another way of saying, I want to sin, do whatever I want, and God will have to forgive me, and you know, it's all good. The Bible also says, whatever you sow, you reap. Stop sowing stuff, and then they go, I wonder why this is happening. Jeez, I wonder. (laughs) Now, thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. Okay, if we confess, acknowledge and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, bring us back to a place of perfect righteousness and sinlessness before God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But you've got to remember to do that every single time. And if you get in the habit of sinning, you're probably going to forget. And one of those little guys will get in the ground and bring you a harvest you will not be happy about. And then you'll be going, God, why? And he'll remind you and you go, oops. Why live like that? I'm just being real here, okay? Remember we looked at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. 
He said, for you, dear friends, have been called to live in freedom. The Apostle Paul is going to tell you what he means by freedom, okay? He says, you've been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Did you get that? Because that will hurt you, <laughs> okay? Sin leads to death. Who knows? This is a great Father's Day message. Thank you so much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, you know... This is the best gift I can give you. Because this will bring you rewards in heaven. You will, you will, you know, as Peter said, there'll be an abundant entrance. Not just I squeeze through. Oh, thank God I got in. Let's not aim for that, shall we? Let's aim for the well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> he says again here, For you, dear friends, have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. Did you see that? Amen? So here again we see, according to the, the Apostle Paul, serving people again is the first step to saving people. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 20 and verse 28, which we looked at before, he says, for even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others. We really need to take that example from the Lord. Isn't it interesting that God in, took on flesh, came down here, did extraordinary things, and it was all to serve us. He raised the dead. He healed everyone. Did he need that? No, they needed that. Are you all with me? You could have just stayed at home. You know, read the Daily Jerusalem Herald or something. I don't know, whatever. You know, <laughs> Kind of just put his feet up. Wouldn't that be an alternate timeline? You know, just walk in and Mary goes, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just, you know. Go get a job. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he was out there working. And he, in fact, said at one point in time when the Jews were accusing him of breaking the law for healing somebody on the Sabbath day, he said, even now, my father is at work, and so am I. He said, while you guys are doing nothing, we're working. Because you didn't understand what that meant. That was all about putting a day aside to remember the Lord your God. Amen? That doesn't prohibit you healing people. All right. This brought us to the second thing that the Apostle Paul said, and that is that he enslaved himself to all. <coughs> it is clear that the Apostle Paul wanted to imitate Jesus. Amen? Obviously. With Simon Kissamaker saying that being a slave to all, Paul's objective is to win as many people as possible for Christ. He hopes to gain them more with the strategy of being a slave than by any other method. I just thought that was really interesting. That's how he understood was the best way to do this. Now listen to me. This did not mean that the Apostle Paul ever went against the word of God in any way or form. The Spirit-Filled Life Bible explained it well when it says, without violating biblical morality, Paul would go to any lengths to enter the world of others and lead them to salvation. Did you get that? There's, there's a lot of gems in that one. 
All right? He would go to any lengths. Again, as long as it doesn't violate what the Bible says. All right? He would go to any lengths. See, this is the thing we don't want to do. Because it's uncomfortable. And it's weird. And this is foreign to me. And <laughs> I could say a lot of things. You know, we, we, we like to do things that we're happy to do. I'm putting my hand up. Okay, I'm just being honest with you. And, you know, it's difficult to go into, you know, different people's places, that, different cultures, different ways of doing things and all sorts of things. My dad experienced a lot of that when he was in the airlines. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there people would invite him to dinner and stuff and he would go. He was very good at his job. He was very good. And so, you know, he knew. See, even him. You know, as a Buddhist, that was, you know, he was a Buddhist back then. You know, even as a Buddhist, he knew relationship was the key to everything. He always said, you know, if you get to know them, they'll do anything for you. <laughs> it just, he was like that, that. He's still doing that now in the hospital. He's getting to know all the, everybody. Even we go talk to somebody. Oh, your father, he's so lovely. And, you know, <laughs> bring chocolates and everything. You know, it's just like, anyway. But, you know, th this is something he learned. In the airlines, he learned this. In the church, we don't know. What happened? <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> he says here, it says here again, without violating biblical morality, Paul would go to any lengths to enter the world of others. Are we willing to enter the world of other people? What is there? Are we trying to always bring him to our world? You really need to catch a hold of this. Are we looking? See, how do you enter somebody else's world? Very quickly. You know, when you enter a house, don't look at things and go, oh, that's demonic. And then, you know, I cast that thing out. And, you know, you, you know what you're doing? You're just, you know, you're sussy. It's not good. You're disrespecting the house. No, there may be all sorts of stuff there. Keep it to yourself. Do it quietly and ask. See, we, we're too busy, you know, cursing the darkness to build any relationships. Why don't you ask them? What, what's, do you know that's what Paul did? He, you know, he, he went into the temple with all the different gods. He comes out and he says, I want to talk to you about the one that you have in there that says to the unknown God. Let's talk about that one, shall we? Because he knew and they all knew that one. Because he went in, he entered their world. And he knew what he could use and how he could work this. <laughs> you all hear? See, if we look at it, we, instead of cussing everything out, if we sort of say, oh, that's a really interesting picture. You know, look, might look like the devil. All right? Just say, what is that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, okay? Uh, you say, what, what is that? Don't stand there and go, I curse you in Jesus' name. And it's like, go out of our house. Get out of here. We don't want you in our home anymore. Okay, don't do stuff. All right, just say, what, what is that? And they might say, well, this is the whatever of whatever. And go, oh, well, that's really interesting. And you are learning. You are learning. And just, that's really interesting. You know, uh, with what we believe, you know, the Lord, and you can start sharing. And, and just say, but that's really interesting about that. See, you need to work on relationship. Because then, and you need to genuinely care. Don't go in there with a check little list and you're checking off the little boxes. 
I did this, I did this. Okay, I can leave now, bye. <laughs> okay? No, not that either. I told you, what is the primary motive? L-O-V-E. Love. Love means you listen. Love means you're long-suffering. Love means you're patient. And love means sometimes they won't accept. And that's okay. You can still pray for them. Amen? People would generally accept prayer. Generally. Okay. And I, I want to share this with you. This is something else that I, I found that I thought was interesting. The only reason that the Apostle Paul could do this was because he understood that after his conversion, the law... Was need, that, that was, you know, all the restrictions, okay? Was neither the way of salvation, nor was it the rule of life. You couldn't get saved by it. The believer was no longer under the law, but under grace. And as such, was free to be led by the Spirit in extraordinary ways to bring people to Christ. Did you get that? Okay, because the Lord will lead you in things that you go, you've got to be kidding but can I say this? If he's leading you, go for it. Don't let your cultural bias get in the way. It's so sad. What we think is biblical is actually just cultural. I could give you examples, but then I don't know if you're ready for them. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. So, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of an extreme example. And uh, no, not not today. Not today. I'm I'm being kind to you. Where was I? All right. <laughs> In his commentary. Charles Hodge makes it clear that no one was more yielding in matters of indifference. Those are things that didn't matter. Okay, didn't really matter. And no one was more unyielding in matters of principle, things that did matter, than the Apostle Paul. So long as things indifferent, that was where no doctrine or morals were involved, were regarded as such, he was ready to accommodate himself to the most unreasonable prejudices. Wow. I really like that. You know, whether it was the Jews with their strict religious beliefs, all right, or the Gentiles with their various customs and traditions that didn't violate God's word, but were extremely foreign to him, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and what, was, what he was used to. But when they were insistent upon as matters of necessity, that's when doctrines and morals were involved, he would not give an inch. Isn't it interesting? I, I want to share all of this because we need to know how far we can go. And we need to not get into trouble, but we must also not be prejudiced. And, you know, we need to recognize those prejudices in us as we begin to minister to people. Yes. We need to get rid of those things, family. I, you know, a personal note. I think we lost a lot of the... A, a lot of the people that today are outliers, I don't want to say because I can't, all right? And that, you know, the church kind of threw out instead of loving them and bringing them all in. You all get it without me saying it? Thank you very much. Okay, I'm not saying it anyway. I can't, all right? But 
We, we really need to understand that had we done what Jesus said, had we loved people, then we would have been able to help them to get on track and to find God's will for their life. But because of prejudice, because of fear, we excommunicated everything that didn't fit in our mold of religion and our little kind of, you know, a holier-than-thou group mentality. Are you all here? And lost them. And then all sorts of other things took place that now is causing all kinds of problems. That was our fault. Somebody hearing this in another language probably didn't know, I don't know what he said. But I just want to let you know that whatever has happened in the world today that the church is struggling against is because the church didn't do its job. That's all I'm saying. And we, we need to do it now. Hey, we can start now. Amen? Let's get this right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Better late than never. In other words, Paul again would go to any lengths to win people to Christ. See, now I want you to apply this to what we just talked about. I would love to give you examples, but then, I, I, yeah, I can't. To win people to Christ as long as it didn't violate the word of God or quench or grieve the spirit of God. And why he concludes verse 19 again by saying that I might win the more. In the literal text, this is actually very interesting. I didn't share this with you before. Firstly, the verb to win carries the sense of to gain or to win over. See, this is what he was looking for, to gain, to win over, okay? Secondly, the phrase translated the more or as many as possible literally means the greater part of or the majority, showing that Paul was not passively accepting whatever he could get, but he was actively striving to get the, to get the greatest or gain the greatest number possible. He was looking for results, now, we really need to see his heart, and we need to understand that he was after as many as he could get, but he knew that he couldn't get them all. Do you get this? Please get what I'm saying here. The heart behind this is so important. We love them, and we are, in a sense, desperately trying to get to the place where we can introduce them to the Lord. Get them to the way, the truth, and the life, so that they can have a life and they can live a blessed life amen all right we just went over it all didn't we sorry I, I, <laughs> this are you getting something I, I pray that you are getting something out of this because I, I really want to get this across to you and I need you to get all the little details along the way because it is so important that we do this right. Remember John MacArthur again said that the primary purpose of Paul's not taking full advantage of his Christian liberty was that he might win the more. He deeply believed that according to Proverbs 11.30, he who is wise wins souls and was willing to do anything and to sacrifice anything to win people to Jesus Christ. As far as his rights were concerned, he was free from all men. 
Interesting. But because of his love for all, he would gladly limit those rights for their sake. He had figuratively become a slave to all. He would modify his habits, his preferences, and his entire lifestyle if any of those things caused someone to stumble, to be offended, or to be hindered from faith in the Lord. With all this in mind, we can understand why one of the translations said, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, hello, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Amen? He said, whoever. I said to you before again, <laughs> <laughs> this is in John, uh, Dr. John Maxwell has a video called Five Step to Sharing Your Faith. Really loved it. Uh, I, would, I would sort of recommend it. Anybody wants to go check it out. Of course, you'll know the rest of the message. But no, I'm giving you a lot more detail, all right? But it was really interesting that he shared a lot of different things. And, you know, he, one of the things that he brings out I thought was a little bit funny was, you know, and I, we talked, talked about this last week. He said, we always want to put a however behind the whoever. Because <laughs> there's always somebody that we think, yeah, God, we understand that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you know, the whole world and everything else. However, I'm sure, God, you would agree with me that this was the exception. Hello. <laughs> you know, okay. Because that's the problem that we face. We want to choose who gets saved. Thank God God didn't look at me that way. Because I wouldn't have picked me to get saved. Oh no, seriously. But God's grace, His mercy, it endures forever. Thank God. <laughs> Remember that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, we know... The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, "For so this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men and women to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants everybody saved. There's no however behind the whoever. Amen? It's whoever. So, <laughs> now that we understand, <laughs> as long as doctrine and morals of the Word of God are not compromised, and we are free to do whatever is necessary to enter the world of the people we are ministering to in order that we might win the greatest number possible to Christ, we'll go on and look at various examples Paul gives us in the way that he approached different groups that he reached out to. I want to bring the first group in. I got to do this for you guys. All right, in verse 20, he says, And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews, to those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. As we look at this next week, I need you to remember something, that Paul was a Jew. Amen? He was born a Jew. He considered himself at one time a Hebrew of Hebrews, remember? He was so proud of it. Okay? And, he, and so he writes to the Jews, I became as a Jew. He knew where he came from. He knew where they're coming from. All right? And he's implying that although he was no longer Jew or Greek, remember he wrote that, bond no free, okay, male, female, all right? 
He says, but a new creation, for their sakes, he would do whatever was necessary to bring them to Christ. So we're going to look at how do you minister to somebody that's very religious? Mm, in different ways, okay? Let me read one quote and we'll finish because I'm, I'm out of time, aren't I? All right. William McDonald writes, he says, As a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus, the Apostle Paul was not under the law as a rule of life. He merely adapted himself to the customs, habits, and prejudices of the people in order that he might win them to the Lord. The Apostle Paul was fully aware and wrote in Romans 10.4 that Christ was the end of the law. Hallelujah. And that believers are no longer under the law but under grace, as stated in Romans 6.14. Uh, but for the sake of his Jewish brothers and sisters, hmm? he was willing to adapt and associate with those Jews who considered obedience to the Mosaic law their duty by observing their customs while with them that included dietary rules, washings, Sabbath observances, and even purification ceremonies. So we're going to go look at all of that. I mean, the lengths that he went to is incredible. Now, I know everybody's sweating right now, not because the air condition is you know, not working, but, you know, well, I am. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're thinking about all of this. Um, once again, let me just share with you that you're not doing this out of compulsion. You're not doing this out of guilt. You are going to be led by the Spirit. It is going to be something that you are going to want to do. God is going to put somebody on your heart and on your mind and you're going to think, oh, wow, I've always wanted to share my faith with this person. I've just never known how. Now I'm finding a way to do it. Amen? And we'll talk about that because you need to understand that this isn't about you calling up and saying, I, I have to get you saved. So, <laughs> no, no, it's about saying, hi, how you doing? Had you on my heart. That's where you start. Don't preach nothing to them. Because that's already preaching. Do you understand preaching? It's communicating to them that you love them. And it needs to be genuine because the Lord led you that way and you have a heart for them. Don't do it if you don't have a heart for them because you, you go by the wayside. And they'll know you called them once or twice and that was it. We never heard from them again. Don't do stuff like that. Amen? Okay. I made things worse, didn't I? Anyway, all right. <laughs> Again, from in here. Okay? We just need to learn how. And can I also say that God's going to ask more of you than that you have the time and the what all to do. Okay? So just know that it's God. It's not a person. It's God that will lead you. And it will bless you. I'm just saying that it will bless you. You'll look back on it and go, why didn't I do this before? Because nobody told you. Because nobody showed you how. But now you're being shown. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And I just thank you, Father, that as we continue on this journey. I thank you that there will, there will come such a freedom on the inside of us. Such a joy. Like we have never known before as we are led by the Spirit 
to minister to people, led by the Spirit, to be a blessing. To do, to do only those things that you ask us to do. Help us, Father, to not have good ideas <laughs> and to add to what you give us, but to follow your Spirit every step of the way. That you promise that the steps of the righteous will be ordered by you, God. So we won't misstep anywhere. Hallelujah. We'll look to your leading, we'll look to your timing, and we'll look to you for what to say. In Jesus' name, amen.